Okay, 2 Peter chapter 2. Now, this is a three-part book series in the book of 2 Peter. And we looked at 2 Peter chapter 1 last week. And last week I told you that I wholeheartedly believe that the Lord can use the young adult generation to spark spiritual revival in our nation. I, I totally believe that. I wholeheartedly believe that. Check out this verse, 2 Chronicles 16.9. One of my favorite verses, 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says this, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. All right, the Lord is looking for a few committed hearts from this group who are all in for Jesus Christ. A few committed hearts within this group who are all in for Jesus Christ will go all out for Jesus Christ. And then when God empowers you with His Spirit, you can go into the world and you can spark that spiritual revival that our nation so desperately needs. The Lord searches the whole earth to look for hearts who are fully committed to Him. And when He finds hearts who are fully committed to Him, the Bible says in that verse that He will strengthen you. That He will strengthen your hearts. And that you can go out into the world and you can make kingdom impact and, and a kingdom difference for the glory of God. But now, hear me on this. Before we can just go out into the world and, and change the world for Christ, okay, we first have to be changed ourselves by the Lord. Before we attempt to lead other people to the Lord, we first have to be led by Jesus. Before we attempt to pour into other people, you first have to be filled up by the Lord. You can't give to others what you don't have. You, you can't pour into others that which you don't possess. So what am I getting at here and what, what is Peter getting out here and, and what's Peter talking about here? Well, it's important that we as believers are established in the faith. Before we go out to make kingdom difference and to make kingdom impact in our neighborhood, in our communities, and in our nation, we first ourselves have to take personal responsibility and say, okay, I'm going to be rooted and established in the faith. I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be firm in my faith. This is what, second, uh, this is what Colossians chapter 2 says. Therefore, just as you have received Christ as Lord, continue to walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you were taught. So we as Christians, before we, 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 we have that dream of going out and sharing the gospel and sharing the good news and, and changing the world for Christ, okay, we first have to be grounded. We've got to be rooted in the faith. We've got to be firm and strong in the faith. We've got to be rooted and, and strong. So, so how do we go about doing that? This is how Peter now helps us out here. Peter presents and he speaks of three important elements in the life of a believer that are crucial for being grounded in the faith are three important components, three important ingredients that are now going to help us to be grounded and rooted in the faith. All right, you got to have the right ingredients to bake a cake or the product is going to be awful. All right, in the same way, you got to have the right ingredients in your walk with Christ so that your spiritual health and, and your ministry to the rest of the world doesn't fall flat. you got to have the right ingredients. So Peter here, he, he presents those ingredients. He speaks about those components and the elements that we as believers need to have in our life so that we can be spiritually rooted in the faith. And the first ingredient was growth. He says here in chapter 1, he says, you got to grow. We talked about this last week. Continue to grow in your walks with Christ. Don't be stagnant. Don't be lazy Christians, continue to grow. Continue to press on. Remember, remember the, the eight-layered cake. 
that we talked about last week. Peter said, add to your faith, supplement to your faith, or build upon your faith uh, love, and build upon your faith kindness, and build upon your faith perseverance, and add to it and supplement your faith so that you can continue to grow. Remember I talked about that little stupid plant that I bought from Home Depot. And, and the, the, the picture in the plant, you know, when I bought this plant at Home Depot, it was like, it was just this little teeny tiny little baby plant, all right? And then it had a picture in it, and the description said, plant's going to grow with beautiful flowers and, and, and be, uh, grow to be like six feet tall. And so I bought it, I put it in the ground, I planted it, and it was like six inches tall. I was like, oh, this cute little baby, baby plant, can't wait to see you grow, and this is going to be awesome, and I'm a farmer, remember all that? And then after four years, it's still in my front yard. It looks exactly the same. It's still six inches off the ground. I'm an embarrassment to my neighborhood. And it's because I asked, you know, why, what, what happened? And it's because I, I thought about it. Well, I didn't water it. I didn't feed it. I didn't supplement it with the right nutrients. And there's a lot of you here in this room today. You've been Christians for three, four, five, six plus years. And you're like, why, why, am, I not, why am I not growing in the faith? Why am I still struggling with the same things I struggled with a decade ago? Why am I not growing and and maturing in the faith? It's because you're not feeding your spiritual life. You're not feeding the Spirit. You're You're not feeding your faith. You're not feeding your faith with the Word. You don't read your Bibles. You're not in prayer. You're feeding your life with just a bunch of different junk from the world. And that consumes your time and it consumes your thoughts. It consumes your energy. And then there's little growth. And there's little productivity in the faith. So Peter, he, he, he says the first ingredient, I want you to be established and rooted in the faith. So continue to grow. Add to your faith and supplement your faith. Just like anyone who, who works out, like taking those supplements, a little bit of whey protein, a little bit of pre-boost workout. Supplement, supplement your workout. Supplement your exercise. All right, supplement the faith. Add to your faith. Read the Word. Get in the Word. Get, get in prayer time. So Peter says Grow. Tonight we're going to look at the second ingredient to help establish our faith, but first let's pray. We'll read our passage in chapter 2, and then we'll dive in. We'll look at the second ingredient to help us establish ourselves in the faith. Uh, Lord, we pray now that you would just open our hearts, open our eyes and our ears to hear from you tonight, Lord, as we read your word. Uh, Just speak to our hearts, Lord, now, and, and encourage us in the faith. Our goal and our desire as believers is just to be more rooted and grounded in the faith, Lord, that we would be strong, that we would be firm believers, Lord. So help us now to do that as we study your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. All right, our, our text for today is 2 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 1. 2 Peter 2, verse 1, this is Peter writing, and he says this, he says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Pause with me there. Three verses here. Peter is talking about, in a nutshell, false prophets. False prophets. The last few verses of chapter 1, Peter, he says, in the Old Testament there were prophets. And God, through the Holy Spirit, He spoke to His prophets 
and his prophets wrote scripture. The Old Testament, the scripture that you hold in your hands. They, they were good, godly prophets, men moved by the Holy Spirit to write scripture and to prophesy. Good, godly prophets. But then he also says, but among those prophets, this is where we started, chapter 2, verse 1. But among them, there were also false prophets. There were false prophets of the, of the day who were spreading all of this destructive, heretical stuff. And their destructive lies and their destructive teaching led people of that day to destructive paths. And in the end, it led to their own destruction. And then he says here to the group he writes to, there are also and there will be false teachers among you. So be on guard. Watch out. Be careful. Be on guard. And they will bring in their destructive heresies and their teachings. And, and he uses this word destructive. We read it four times just in these three verses. He uses that word destructive or destruction. He uses that word four times. It's the same Greek word apaleia. And it means to die or to perish. So Peter basically, he's saying that these false teachings and these false ideologies and these false philosophies are going to bring in destruction. And if you follow it, it will destroy you. So be on guard. He warns them basically, watch out for these false teachers. So the second ingredient Peter gives to help us establish ourselves in the faith, here it is, discernment. One word, discernment. Everybody say discernment. Discernment. Peter says there were false prophets in the Old Testament, brought destruction on the people who followed. There will be false teachers in your day. Be on guard. Because it only leads to destruction. And actually in verse 19, he says, when they speak, they promise freedom. In their different little philosophies and ideologies, they promise you freedom. But in verse 19, they promise you freedom, but themselves, they are actually slaves to sin. A lot of things that sound really cool in life, and they promise freedom and fulfillment, but it actually only enslaves you. Many of you personally know that to be true with different things. Sounds cool, promised fulfillment, it looked pleasing, but it actually only enslaved me. That's what Peter says in, 19, in verse 19. He says that's what the false teachers do. They, they teach all of these cool things that maybe sound really biblical, but it actually only enslaves you and it leads you astray and it leads you to, to destruction. So the ingredient here that Peter, he, he's encouraging the church to notice and to take note because it will help you stay firm in the faith is to use discernment. Now discernment, basically its simplest definition, discernment is the ability to uh, be able to properly decide and, and perceive the difference between right and wrong. All right, truth and error. Discernment is the process of making careful distinctions in our thinking about truth. In other words, the ability to think with discernment is synonymous with the ability to think biblically. To think biblically. Discernment, the importance of it, it's mentioned in Scripture. Uh, Paul, he teaches that it's the responsibility of every Christian to be discerning. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, Examine everything carefully. Examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil. John wrote in 1 John 4, 1, Don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
Guys, listen, the key to living an uncompromised, grounded, and fruitful life that pleases God lies in the ability to exercise discernment. The key to live a grounded, healthy, fruitful life that pleases God lies in your ability to exercise discernment. I can't think of a more needed function in our walks with Christ right now especially just in, in, our, in our world and in our nation and, and, and all the just different stuff that's going on in our nation right now, I can't think of a, of a better spiritual gift uh, than, than the gift of discernment. Man, do we need discernment in our day and age. We need discernment. We need to exercise discernment in every area of our life. We need to exercise discernment in area of politics, in area of policies. We need to exercise discernment in the different books and media we consume. We need to exercise discernment uh, when it comes to different organizations uh, or, or different movements. Guys, there's so many different voices out there. There's so many different opinions out there. There's so many different talking heads out there that are telling you, no, no, do this or follow this or trust this or get behind this. Guys, we can't just hop on the bandwagon of every cool and popular movement or thing that comes our way. We've got to be discerning. We've got to be discerning. I'll give you a little example here to illustrate my point about the importance of using discernment in our day and age. Uh, how many of you remember the book or the, the movie, it was made into a movie, The Shack? The Shack. Remember that movie? So um, it was, it was a, a bestseller and it was turned into a movie in 2017 um, not too long ago, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe many of you would know the actor. Um, it was a blockbuster film in 2017 starring Sam Worthington. And he was a lot, in a lot of cool movies like Avatar. He was in the movie Clash of the Titans. All right, really cool actor. Um, good friend of mine, actually. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he was in this movie called The Shack. And it was first a book. It was written by Paul Young. And it sold more than 10 million copies. Translated in 30 different languages. One of the best-selling paperback books of all time. The Shack. And so if you don't know the story, you never saw the movie, um, many Christians were actually excited to read the book, really excited to watch the book, uh, watch the book, watch the movie about the book, um, because it had a lot of like spiritual elements in it, it you know, a lot of uh, biblical themes in it and stuff. So a lot of Christians were excited to read the book or, or, or watch the movie. And it was about this father, his name was Mac. And they were on a camping trip, and on the camping trip, uh, his daughter was actually taken from, his daughter was kidnapped. And then Mac and the police, they go on this journey and, and they discover that, that his daughter was kidnapped and she was taken to this shack. And Mac, he was really distraught, he was really broken up about it, uh, just really just heartbroken over this whole situation. And then God writes Mac a letter. And he tells Mac, the dad, he tells Mac, God, I guess technically in the movie it's played by a she, so God tells Mac to go back to the shack and then on Mac's way back to this shack, he runs into Jesus. And then Jesus leads him to Papa. That's who they called God, Papa. And then Mac also meets the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, Papa, and the Holy Spirit, they then take this father through just a, a journey of inner healing and forgiveness. Okay, cool kind of a concept, okay? Um, but when you take a close look... The God that Paul Young writes about 
is not the God of the Bible, but a God of his own imagination. And when you look closely here in the book, I'm just going to read a couple quotes. In the book, Papa, or God, says to Mac, I don't need to punish people for sin. Sin is its own punishment. It's not my purpose to punish sin. It's my joy to cure it. Now, yes, Jesus came to die for our sins and to cure us from this disease called sin. But if you read the Bible, the whole story of the Bible is that God is a holy and just God that must punish sin. That's why he sent his son Jesus to begin with. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. In the garden, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, God told Adam and Eve, if you disobey me, your sin will be punished. Okay, but the God of the shack says, no, I don't need to punish sin. I don't punish sin. Another example, in in the book, Jesus tells Mac, I'm the best way any human can relate to Papa. Not the only way, but merely the best way. Okay, Jesus in John 14, 6 said, No, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to Papa except through me. No one gets to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to God except through me. But the God of the shack says Jesus is a good way, the best way, but he's not the only way. Okay, and those are just two heretical points of that book and that movie that Scripture clearly talks against. Now, you might say, no, come on, Austin, seriously, like, it's just a book, it's just a movie, like, what's the big deal? Aren't you being a little hard on that? Well, listen, I mean, I think if a new believer or a Christian not grounded in the faith were to go and see that movie, they could potentially walk out of that movie thinking, number one, God doesn't take sin seriously, and number two, that Jesus isn't the only way to get to God. And so we need to be discerning. Those are two major fundamentals of our faith. That God takes sin seriously and that I'm a sinner and I'm going to be punished and experience God's just and holy wrath, but he created a way to get to him and be reconciled back to God through Jesus. Two fundamentals of the faith. So here's our question. Done picking on the shack. Sorry if you like that movie, but I totally just shredded it right now. Question. How can I develop spiritual discernment? How can I develop spiritual discernment? It's our key question. Number one, ask the Holy Spirit. How can I then develop spiritual discernment so I'm not just falling prey to the different things that our world might might just present to me in a beautiful box with a pretty bow on top, wanting me to accept and wanting me to follow and wanting me to just jump on this bandwagon here and there. How can I... How can I have spiritual discernment? Well, it's as simple as just asking the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 12.10, Paul actually says that discernment is a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit gives believers. So just simply ask the Lord. Lord, I have fallen prey to many different things in my life that weren't necessarily biblical or weren't healthy for my life. God, I need discernment. Please give me discernment, Lord. The Bible says that God is a good dad who gives generously to his kids. So I can assure you, based off of Scripture, if you just go to the Lord and you humbly ask the Lord, give me spiritual discernment, Lord. The Lord will help you in that area. Number two, final point, know your Bible. Ask the Lord, and then number two, know your Bible. Know the Word. The very first verse we read in 2 Peter 2.1, Peter says that these false teachers are going to bring in their destructive heresies secretly. 
Secretly. You can only do something secretly when someone is not paying attention. So we need to be paying attention to our Bibles. We need to pay attention to what the Word says. Because heresy can only be pulled over on someone who doesn't know the truth. And the antidote to heresy is to know your Bibles. But you see, the problem with our generation is we have so much other fun things that we want to do is we don't, we don't spend time in the Word. Now, I'm not knocking other fun stuff. Go in and enjoy life and, and have fun. And, and, and don't live just a, a boring life, um, just wearing a suit all day, just you know, having your Bible and just feel like you got to just be in your Bible all day. You know, have fun in life and, and go to the beach and have a great time, all right? I, just, I want you to hear my heart on this one, okay? I don't want to be legalistic on this, but the most important element of a, of a, of a Christian who continues to grow in the Lord and wants to walk in the Lord and wants to develop discernment, guys, you've got to know your Bibles. You've got to be in the Word. You've got to be in the Word more than you play video games. I don't, that, I'm just saying. You've got to be in the Word more than you're at the gym. I'm just saying. You got to be in the Word. Be in the Word. Know your Bibles. In Acts chapter 17, Paul, he went to this town called Berea. And there was these people, they were called Bereans. And Paul, he went and he preached the gospel to them. And it says there in Acts chapter 17 that the Bereans, when Paul came to them talking about Jesus, you know what the first thing they did was? It says that they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. And they were counted noble for doing that. Search the scriptures. Know the word. Get into your Bibles. Okay, don't just automatically receive everything that a TV pastor or a a really popular spiritual influencer says. Don't just take it at face value. Okay, screen it through the word of God. Screen everything I say through the word of God. Screen it through the word. But you got to know your Bibles. We have to know our Bible to know when we encounter biblical error. In other words, in order to recognize that which is phony or that which is false, we first have to be able to recognize that which is genuine. An awesome movie, um, because I do watch movies and I like movies, big, big movie fan, a uh, great movie is Catch Me If You Can, starring Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, another good friend of mine. Uh, we were just talking on the phone this morning. Um, he said, Austin, you know, I need some spiritual discernment. I walked him through Second Peter. I said, Leo, it's right here, man. I love you, bro. And we're probably, you know, we're, we're hanging later this weekend, and uh, it's going to be a good time, I'm telling you. Anyways, um, <laughs> catch me if you can. Great movie, Leonardo DiCaprio. He plays, it's a true story, and he plays this guy, uh, this character, Frank Abagnale. And Frank Abagnale, he, he was basically a con artist. He was a con man. He forged checks, and he... He created, uh, he forged money. And he was a con man. He played all these different professions. Uh, he, he pretended to be a doctor. He pretended to be an airline pilot. He pretended to be all these different professions between the ages of 15 to 21. It's an incredible story. And so one of the big things he was doing was he was forging checks. He was rich because he, he learned how to forge money. And then he was caught and he was actually sentenced to jail. But after he got out of jail, the federal government hired him as a consultant because he was so good at creating counterfeit money that they then brought him on and they hired him as a consultant to be able to discern the difference between real and counterfeit money. And it's a really cool story. And something that's really interesting about 
agents, like in the federal government, the FBI, who that, that's their main job to, to, to study and, and know the difference between counterfeit money and genuine dollar bills. You know what they do? They don't study counterfeit money. They study genuine bills. Because they, the more that they master the study of what genuine dollar bills look and feel like, the more they can easily spot counterfeit when it comes their way. It's the same way with the scriptures, guys. The more we study the real thing, the more we study scripture and we get into God's word and we see what Jesus says about us, we see what God says about himself and his plan and his purposes, the more we study the real thing, then the more we'll be able to discern counterfeit truth when it comes our way. But you got to be in your Bibles. You got to know the word. You got to be in your Bibles to be able to discern counterfeit things. Three questions. Three questions I want you to ask yourself when encountering different ideas, different philosophies, and different teachings you hear. Three questions. Here they are. Ask yourself, did Jesus teach it? Did the apostles practice it? And do the epistles support it? Did Jesus teach it? Did the apostles practice it? And do the epistles support it? When different philosophies of the world and different ideas and different teachings that you come across, I want you to ask yourself these three questions in order to discern, does this fall in line with Scripture? Does this fall in line with the Bible? Did Jesus, did, did Jesus mention this? Did Jesus speak on this? Did He tell us to do this? Did He teach it? All right, did, did Jesus teach it? Did the apostles practice it? Jesus' followers in Scripture in the New Testament, did they, did they practice this? Was this a, a tradition they practiced? Was this something they did and, and they taught themselves? And then did the epistles support it? The epistles are the letters of the New Testament. We're reading a letter right now that Peter wrote to, the, to a church. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all these are epistles. They're, they're letters. Do, do the letters in the New Testament, do they support this philosophy? Do they, do they teach this as well? Do they get behind this? Do they support this? mode of thought okay because if jesus didn't teach it and i don't see the apostles practicing it in the word and then the letters the new testament doesn't support it then i'm not going to embrace it don't embrace it run it through those three questions did jesus teach it did the apostles practice it did the epistles support it jesus said in matthew chapter 7 beware of false teachers which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they're ravenous wolves Ephesians 4, 14, Paul said, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. But instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Colossians 2, 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, which are based on human tradition and the spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. Guys, there's a lot of stuff out there. A lot of voices, a lot of opinions that are constantly screaming at you, that are easily accessible on your phone. A lot of voices on social media. A lot of voices on the news. Listen, know the Word. Ask the Spirit for discernment. Ask yourself these three questions. Don't take everything at face value, but run it through the grid of God's Word and ask that He gives you the proper discernment to know the difference between truth and error.
discernment. It's key to living out our lives as believers and a key ingredient to being established and rooted in the faith. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this Bible study, God. And we just want to do that right now, Lord. There, there's, there's so much out there, Lord. Especially right now in our nation when it comes to a lot of different hot topics right now. There's a lot of different voices. There's a lot of different opinions about a lot of different things, God. And we as believers, Lord, we don't have all the answers, Lord. But we know that you do. And so we pray that you would give us discernment, God. We want to be rooted in the faith, Lord, and we want to continue to grow in the faith. We want to be strong in the faith, Lord. And Peter here, he talks about the importance of discernment. To be on guard. To watch out for those who are going to try to deceive us, Lord. To following just a bunch of junk from the world, Lord. We want to follow you. We want to follow truth. And Jesus called himself the truth. We want to follow Jesus, and we want to be rooted in the faith, Lord. We don't want to fall for you know, a bunch of different stuff that's out there, Lord. We just don't want to accept everything at face value, Lord, but we want to run it through the Scripture. We want to test it against God's Word. So help us, Lord. Remind us of, of this truth, Lord. Remind us of this principle that we might be strong in our faith, Lord. We don't want to just hop on every bandwagon, God. We, we don't want to just be willing to follow every popular voice, but we want to follow you, God. We want to be rooted in truth. We want to be rooted in the word, Lord. So we just ask right now, we pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to discern the difference between right and wrong in our own lives and out there in the world, Lord. So help us, God. Continue to help us to be rooted and grounded and help us to grow up, Lord, in the faith. That's why I pray for my brothers and sisters today. I love them. And I care so much for them, God. And my heart for them is to be rooted and grounded in you, Lord. So I pray that you would do that, Lord. That you'd give them the discernment that they're asking for right now. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said together, amen. Amen.